Hello and welcome to the Sandro Forte podcast. Over the many years I've been running a business, I've met many, many successful people, entrepreneurs, sports stars, celebrities, and dare I say, even royalty. So what makes a person successful? Do we know what success is? And the all-important question, can we create success for ourselves? This podcast series invites a diverse group of people to share their insights, their wisdom, and the things they've learned along the way. Henry Fraser is a mouth artist and author of The Little Big Things, in which he writes about his accident in 2009. At the tender age of just 17, he became paralysed from the shoulders down after a devastating accident in Portugal, where he dived into the sea and hit his head on the seabed. He went through two major operations, contracted MRSA and pneumonia and had to be fitted with a pacemaker after his heart stopped. Henry found the dark reality of his situation too much at first and found himself constantly questioning, why me? But one day he had a dramatic mindset change and made the choice that being tetraplegic was not going to beat him. Despite being told it would be impossible to move a wheelchair himself and that he'd be in hospital for at least 18 months, his determination saw him wheel himself out of hospital just six months later. I should also point out that due to unforeseen circumstances, we had to record this podcast on two separate dates and in two different locations, so my apologies for the difference in sound quality halfway through the recording. But I'm sure you'll agree that when you finish listening to the podcast, it will have been worth it. I saw this young man about a year or so ago on the Jonathan Ross show and I was utterly inspired at what he had to say and it is a great, great personal honour to have him join us on the show today. It's almost difficult to put into words how deeply honoured I am for you to join us, so welcome Henry Fraser. Thank you very much for having me on. So we've got about 30 minutes and lots to find out about you in that time and I suppose the first and most obvious question is, before that amazing determination, before that moment of realisation, when you decided you were going to do something with your life, pick yourself up out of that, um, that hole, I guess, that many people find themselves in, what was kind of going through your mind in those dark moments? Um, there was a lot of really kind of dark moments where I really wasn't sure what was going to happen. I only knew in the early days just the medical diagnosis. I had no idea about kind of anything that was possible in the future. So I was only working off all the negative things I was being told, all the illnesses I had, all the things my body wouldn't be able to do. Um, So those are the only thoughts always running through my head. At the same time, there's always this feeling in the back of my head, this, I'd say this kind of sense of denial that eventually at some point I'd get better and walk out of the hospital in however long it was going to take. So I was kind of always flicking between those two mindsets. So my mind was in a weird weird state I'd say at that point um so I was I was really concentrating on the negative things really and I'd never thought about anything positive at that point at all how do you how do you transition was it a light switch moment or was it, it a was, gradual no it was a really I mean I'd say possibly the worst day of my life when um I had to put it into a wheelchair for the first time this big bulky thing with these big armrests, high back, this headrest. I could barely hold my head up at the time. Um, I still had a tracheotomy in my throat attached to an oxygen tank. And I was taken around the hospital by my physio at the time and my mum was with me and a friend of mum's. 
and it was a really nice day so I went outside it was the end of summer so got some fresh air it felt great and took a trip around the outside of the hospital about to go through the main entrance um, which was these two big glass doors and it was the first time in two months that I'd seen my reflection and I just like time kind of just froze in that moment I saw this kind of really just thin weak kid sitting there couldn't breathe for himself couldn't move could barely hold his own head I'd, I'd lost four and a half stone by that point um, and then when I got back to my room um, mum's friend left the physio left and I just broke down and I was just but kind of just uncontrollable tears just all day um, and that was the first time I'd really kind of thrown out the question why me mm. um, and then brothers came to see me I was crying dad came to see me I was crying and kind of went on for ages and I was on pretty heavy sleeping tablets at that point and I remember just lying in bed that night and they weren't even kind of sending me off to sleep and I guess at that point I just hit complete rock bottom um, and it was kind of early hours of the morning that I just thought to myself well there's no point in me feeling this way I've got no point being sad or angry I may as well just get on with it and it was really just from that day that my mindset changed I was able to start focusing on the right things really and focusing on just trying to get better and trying to learn to accept my future. Do you think that um, that moment of realisation came to you because of who you are? Or do you think that some people, when they, they've got to kind of hit the, the seabed, I mean, that, that was literally what happened to you, wasn't yeah. it? Do you, do you think that's what has to happen to people for them to find themselves? Is that what happened in your case? Or do you think there's something, this innate quality or, or, or characteristic in you as a person that helped you to transition from that from that um, dark I think place. I I had to hit rock bottom um, I was never one before my accident to ever kind of really be determined to kind of push myself to do those kinds of things and I was always I, I think quite a negative thinker before um, I was always kind of not taking opportunities or chances I'd always try and kind of be more of a comfort zone person um, so I guess I, I needed to hit that rock bottom and kind of realised that that denial in the back of my head that one day I will be fine I needed I needed to get rid of that I needed to that can't be there if I wanted to recover and get on with my future as best I could really let it consume you or do something about it effectively yeah. you mentioned your mum earlier on I know you're part of a big family yeah. how I mean it seems an obvious question really but I know they're very important to you they're very supportive how important is that support structure or has it been to you in, in your development uh, and recovery from uh, this day after my accident my parents flew out to Portugal to be uh, then with me in the hospital and then it was literally the day after I landed back in England all my brothers came in to see me so we were together as a family again pretty quickly and laughing and joking again from early on it was great to have that um, kind of just that being comfortable again with the family and that kind of normality I guess from what is a very unnatural not normal situation to be in um, but it was just great to have them around and they're always there for me they kind of had this rotor during the day so I always, always had someone with me I always had some member of the family supporting me really mm. what um, what made you decide to become a math artist I, I, I understand that you did have a kind of a, a love and, and, and I guess some talent for art um, where did that yeah. all come from so I um, I mean yeah when I was young I loved art I always loved just kind of building stuff painting stuff, drawing stuff. I remember uh, when we were really young, older two brothers, Tom and Will, would be out playing in the garden, playing for sports, and I'd be inside 
building things and just sticking stuff together, whatever I could. Um, and as I grew up, I really enjoyed it. As I then took it on to study at GCSE and AS level, kind of really fell out of love with the subject. Um, kind of just didn't enjoy the way it was taught. So it's it just took up a lot of time and I wanted to do other things in my life. So it's more kind of there as a kind of nuisance rather than a subject I really wanted to do. And then when I had my accident, I stopped completely. Um, and then it was the start of January uh, 2015 that I um, had a pressure sore on my back, which meant I was bed bound for a few weeks. And I just started drawing on my iPad. And I used an iPad the same way I draw and paint with a mouth stick with a, just a stylus taped on the end. I touched the screen of the iPad. And it just built from there, really. And when I was well enough to get out of bed, I started with actual pencils and paint and... Yeah, to kick off from there, from, again, what was obviously something that could be deemed quite a negative thing I saw is brought out a really big part of my life now. And if you don't mind me saying it, I think it's incredible. I'm just yeah. looking at a picture here. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Where, how on earth d- does that happen? Um, and, and I suppose the other question, the other part of that question, Henry, is uh, clearly it didn't come easily to you. I mean, how do you, how do you persevere? You know, you, you have a desire to do something. You've got a love of art, as, you, as you've described. But, you know, it obviously didn't just flow. It, it took a lot of perseverance. There must have been some very frustrating moments along the way. But to have become this talented, and anyone who's seen the Jonathan Ross show and any of your, your work on Twitter uh, can't be anything other than utterly awe-inspired. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm, I guess I've developed um, a lot of patience as well. Um, with everything I've been through, I've had to be a patient with a lot of things. Most things in my life now take a lot longer to do than they would normally, but it's kind of just got to accept that and accept that that's going to be part of the process. And with the art, it's the same thing. It's, yes, it's, it was almost like starting again, mm. obviously retraining, using my mouth, a completely different view of how I'm looking at the art. And once I accepted that, then it was fine. I was happy to take my time doing things and... Now the pieces can come together quite quickly rather when a year and a half ago they'd take me four or five days, now they could take me a couple of days. So it's just accepting that and accepting that's part of the process and moving on with it. Do you do commissions? Um, not anymore. Oh really? Yeah. You're, you're too inundated, are you, with, uh, <laughs> with the requests? Yeah, um, commissions are a bit of a different feeling for me when I'm doing them. It's, it's hard to get mo- motivated. Um, yeah. So I'm at a point now where I'm I'm very happy when I'm doing my own subjects for the things I want to do. Yeah. Commissions, they, they're the ones that always take a bit longer still. Yeah. Trying to get my kind of focus and trying to get involved with the painting takes a lot longer. Any public showings of your work? Um, not for a couple of years now. I had one recently, but I think I'll be up for at least two years, possibly three. Changing tact, if you don't mind for a second, yeah. just talking about social media, I, I know, and this is quite unbelievable to hear myself say but you've had to face trolling right online yeah um how on earth do you deal with with that and what kind of support do you did you get through some of those ridiculous attacks on on what you've been through and who you are as a person yeah it's now it's very rare compared to the number of um amazing messages people send me Mm. um but every now and then one pops up and of course, kind of when you first read it, it's always a bit shock. There's always a slight bit of anger and animosity, but then I just kind of look at it as thinking, all right, these people clearly have either haven't 
uh, under, fully understood the situation or maybe they just something that was happening in their lives and this is their way of taking it out and so you just, I don't know I try and un- understand the person a little bit or but then I quite like to spin it in my own um, favour these things and it always tends to come out quite well on my end so mm-hmm. all these people tend to come give me more marketing and publicity than um, than most of the stuff I do anyway so normally works out quite well. I love how you've taken, you know, a catastrophic event and everything you talk about from the moment we walked in tonight, um, you, you have an innate ability to just flip everything upside down and find a positive, which is quite remarkable with everything you've been through. So, I mean, clearly lots to be learned by many people, the thousands of people listening to this. So um, all credit to you for, for everything you've done. So tell me about your book. How did that come about? Um, apart from the fact you've got an amazing story to tell. But <laughs> um, I was approached... Uh, a few years before the book came out by an agent and he just uh, dropped me an email saying I would like to meet and had ever thought about writing a book and no I mean (laughs) the main things in my life I thought I'd never do and probably very near the top of the list would have been writing a book about um, my life and so I thought why not I'll have the meeting I'll see how it goes and we eventually got a publisher on board and it just starts from there and it was um, yeah it's kind of all a bit surreal still the that kind of first six months when the book came out was um just crazy it was nothing i'd ever expected or i'll probably ever experience again in my life is i got to do some really really cool things meet some really cool people um and yes yeah, the success was far greater than anything i expected because you've got a, 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 a veritable army of followers i mean not just general public but celebrities too right yeah, it's, um, again, so, and some of these people are people that I've grown up with admiring and um, reading their books or following them as sports people and all these things. And to have them supporting me and being part of it with me is, I mean, incredibly lucky. And for those people who are now listening and thinking, right, where do I get the book? Tell us a little bit about it. What, what is, what's the message? I mean, obviously it's your story, but what are the kind of the life lessons if... Yeah, well, I start. Yeah, I mean, I go through and mention the really dark times. I have have to tell people those moments to so they can understand, and if they can relate to it, then great, and understand the story and how I was thinking. But a lot of it is about acceptance, accept and adapt. One of the kind of key messages. One of the things that I want to give talks and stuff on. I mention it a lot um, because it's until you accept what's happened, you can't move on you can't get on and you'll always kind of live in a sense of denial of and you won't move at all and, and then acceptance gives you the opportunity to adapt to life and I've had to adapt to everything in the past uh, just over nine years now and I still am there are many things that you're kind of always learning it's always um, never thinking that you've ever done learning in life really I'd say and the talks I mean you become this motivational speaker <laughs> as well yeah up with writing a book motivational speaking or even just public put speaking put the book is, to one side now we're done with that no those two things are the probably top two on my list of things I never wanted to do or thought I'd do I was always the quiet one of the family the shy one I hated public speaking as I mean I always try and get out of it at school always, I never wanted to do it but again I was just given the opportunity to do it and I just thought why not I'll give it a go see what happens and it's probably the best decision I've ever made in my life is to do that and it's because it's give me a confidence that I never had before. I never knew I had. Um, and it's always 
the talks are great because along with the art, the art I can sit at my easel, be by myself, my own world. I can zone out from people, which again is a big part of me, always has been a part of me. And now I can go to the electric room, I'm sitting in front of a room of a large number of people and I'm sharing my story and having to speak to people and answer questions and do all these things. And the ba- that balance in my life is something I really enjoy now. What, what do you, would you say, Henry, are your, your greatest current challenges? You know, what, what's standing in the way of the next thing you want to do moving forward in life? Anything you fear? Anything you, you find particularly challenging? And, and if so, how do you come, overcome them? Um, no, there's nothing really kind of mentally that challenged me. It's, it's more just physical. It's all kind mm. of just fatigue that comes with the injury. I mean, just sitting in the chairman now can sometimes be tiring if I'm not 100%. Have to have to really kind of understand my body and how I'm feeling. And if I'm not feeling right, I know I have to rest and I have to tell people I need to rest or I need to do something, I need someone to leave or whatever. So it's, it's that understanding my body's taking a long time and that's that's been a big challenge. Um, but now I can understand that a lot better. I'm able to do more stuff and exercise when I can or when I need to. And if I'm too tired, I need to know to cancel it. And so that's been a big challenge I've had to definitely overcome. Henry, let me ask you, um, did your love of sport, passion for sport, help you overcome your negative mindset in any way? I know you have a much more positive one now, but in those early days, was it was it that experience of having a positive mindset in sport that helped you in some way, would you say? Um, sport definitely helped play a big part in everything. Um, not so much with in terms of um, kind of a positive attitude, really, because before the accident, I wasn't too much of a positive thinker, even when it came to sport. Um, I may, it mainly helped when it came to kind of focusing in on the training and all those other bits because all those all that training from the sport really helped me just focus in on the things I needed to do and I really enjoyed all the training and being part of the team before the accident and those two elements the team and the training really those really helped me what I have to also ask you of course is what is what is Henry Fraser doing now because I know that um you know you're a very popular artist so much so that uh you're probably doing less of that or none at all these days. What are you doing uh, with with your time now, Henry? Well, I try and um, I try and keep things varied, try and mix things up. So I'm not constantly doing the same thing over and over. I'm so at the moment it's um, normally this time of year. I try not to do as many talks just because of the cold, because it can be quite rough on my body. So a bit more yeah. painting now, but I'm also finishing uh, my second book, which comes out in May. So that's kind of a big, um, that's a big part of my life at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's all all these. There's quite a few things going on, but it's all. I always try and keep things moving, try and keep things different, try and kind of challenge myself in different ways. So it's all it's all part of the fun, I guess. <laughs> and um, I, this is probably a really big question to ask you, but I don't think anyone's more well qualified than you to to answer it and that would be what would your definition of success be based on your life experiences today you know a lot of people henry focus very much on the commercial rewards of life and you know um they focus very much on the end game and 
they judge themselves on a, either a successful outcome or one that they would deem to be failure. What would your definition of success be and, and has it changed given your experiences? Um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely changed. I mean, success for me, I guess, early on in my life was always kind of about being out there and my end goal would have been to kind of go out and make lots of money and kind of that was my idea of success. But now it kind of when you have to reevaluate most things in your life so even something like success changes I mean just to if you're able to be happy with kind of whatever you have and not worry or always having to compare yourself to others and be content with what you have but still able to push yourself and challenge yourself and for me that's success that's a successful life is kind of happiness really is success and success is happiness for me and if I'm able to kind of keep finding the little joys in life and keep a positive mindset and allow my mind to keep clear and enjoy my life, then I'd say that's success for me. Good for you. Well said. And now I know you're a very private person and, and rightly so. And there's a lot of demand <laughs> on your time. And uh, and we do appreciate, of course, you giving your time to, to speak to us on the podcast. Um, just tell us, if you would, about how people find out more about you. You know, I know that there is a lot said about you very positively on social media. But if somebody wanted to find out a bit more about what you're up to or indeed um, the book, if they wanted to purchase it, is there a website? Is there any kind of social media presence that people can kind of check you out, as it were? Uh, and obviously, yeah. tell us briefly about the second book as well. Um, so the so social media is um, all my handles are at Henry Fraser Zero. Um, and yeah, I mean, all the kind of info on everything I do is on there. Okay. And the second book, um, so my first book, The Little Big Things, was a memoir-style book, just telling my story and kind of how I overcame stuff and muddled through from the accident to now. My second book is more of a self-help-style book where each chapter is... Um, each chapter is basically based around a frequently asked question um, that I'm asked whether I'm doing interviews or at the end of talks or things like that. And they're, normal, they're questions where I can start off kind of, I could answer it quite directly, but I try to expand and go through more of a mindset thing of kind of dealing with setbacks and how have I, how have I accepted what's happened and all these other things. And it's more to giving an insight into how I think and feel and, deal with day-to-day -day stuff and challenges and the, it's kind of the first book but I guess the other side of it the more mindset more than just what happened really well I've read the first one so you can put me down for a copy of the second um, it, it <laughs> was you. a terrific terrific book um, so honest but at the same time very I mean obviously tragic but also very uplifting at the same time brilliantly written i have to say kudos to you for that um and, you. and good luck with the second one of course final question henry since our time is up um and i could go on talking to you for a very long time of course but um given all that you know now if if there was a younger version of you if you can even imagine that at your age but let's say in time to come you know uh, a, a younger henry fraser comes up to you and says okay uh given all you know now henry senior um give me one little bit of advice about navigating my way through life what that one piece of advice be henry um i mean one thing i'd say is i guess be grateful for kind of what you had what i have is um 
back when I was younger, I mean, we were very lucky in this family. We had a very privileged life. Um, sent to amazing schools. We um, we were never spoiled as kids, but we were just given a lot that most people weren't. And it's kind of accepting those things that not taking those for granted and not taking opportunities and what you have and just making the most of everything you can do, really. And mm. because being grateful can be so mood-enhancing, recognising those moments can lift your spirits so much that you you just worry less. You have a much clearer mind. You're able to focus much differently and, I think, achieve a lot more doing that. Yeah. Well, that's a very, very good way to end what has been a, a really amazing conversation with somebody that I think is an inspiration to uh, lots of us. And uh, for those that hear this podcast, I mean, they can be nothing other than um, inspired at what you've achieved, um, given all, all of the challenges you've faced. So thank you for sharing so openly uh, your story with us uh, on the Sandra no, Talkative Podcast. And I, I will take this opportunity, Henry, to uh, wish you and indeed all your family, who are lovely, by the way, uh, every success <laughs> in all you do for each other uh, moving forward. And can't wait to read the second book. Uh, thank you very much. And thanks for having me on. Okay, that was the Sandro Forte podcast. Thank you for joining us. Once again, wasn't Henry Fraser absolutely terrific? Each week we have a new guest joining us, so be sure to join in with their insights into achieving success on overcoming life's challenges. Please make sure you subscribe if you want to follow us on social media. That's great. Sandro's podcast, same on all channels. And if you want to, please email us with any questions you have for our guests. And please remember two other things to connect with me, Sandro Forte, it's the real Sandro Forte on Instagram. And please leave a review on iTunes so we know what you'd like more of in the future. Until this time next week and another terrific guest. Bye for now.